Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, and welcome to a new episode of the Burning Question series by Fantasy Football Scout. In this series, Pross and I, Sonaldo, talk about the key hot topics for the week. However, Pross is on vacation, as you can tell from his Twitter feed, uh, on the beach, enjoying his margarita, and we do miss him dearly. <laughs> And we have a superstar in Az joining us instead as a guest. So welcome, Az. How are you doing? Superstar. I think that's uh, pushing it <laughs> a little bit. But no, I'm, I'm very honored to be here. My first time on, on your new series. Uh, I don't know if I'll be as good a replacement as, as you know, Pras because he's absolutely excellent. But I will do my best for you, Andy. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Pras is the the super superstar for our burning questions. And uh, people say I'm the Robin to the Batman, but I'm more the fanboy to both the Robin and Batman and, and Pros. So uh, <laughs> looking forward to Pros's return next week. And of course, this is really wild for me as because um, I began this journey a couple months ago uh, through your help. And for me to be hosting you is uh, surreal. And hey, um, very excited, very excited to speak FPL. Um, guys, so the past few weeks on Burning Questions, we've been doing a lot of, um, you know, chip strategy, kind of meta talk, overall helicopter view stuff. And I think we're going to keep it more simple this week. Um, talk on the assets for Game Week 26, uh, because if we look too beyond uh, besides the assets for this week, then too many uh, you know external factors come into play, as um, such as how is your team dependent on you know, free hitting 27, 30, um, wildcard 28, and this and that. So um, hopefully this will be a more straightforward, what should we do for Game Week 26? Um, keep it simple. More simple, but yet we'll try to keep it simple. Uh, but <laughs> how, how did you do this week, guys? How, and you're, you're 3,800 in the world, which is insanely good. Um, mm. How's it going with your team? Yeah, I mean, fine. Uh, I feel a bit jammy last night with with that Fernandez goal in the 97th minute. I think a lot of people, you know, benefited benefited from that. I didn't really get a lot of points, but it was enough for a for a small green. Um, I had De Gea coming in with ten, uh, Fernandez and Raldo, so the the you know kind of the three best United players I could have had. Really, didn't have a Brighton defender. Didn't go for my beloved Lamptey or uh, or Webster, which was a shame. But I just didn't have any money. 
I would have, I would have definitely, I would have moved one of Livermento or Johnson out for one of the Brighton defence. Yeah. But I have the exact money to get Salah back in, pretty much. Uh, and you know the the rate he's been rising as well. I just couldn't risk taking that money out and, and not being able to get him for for free, which I'm planning on doing sort of going forward. So I bought in Jacob Ramsey instead. You know, after his two goals, great bandwagon. Uh, and of course, Villa then have one of their worst performances under Gerard. Well, the worst performance under Gerard. They looked absolutely awful. Never thought they were going to score. And he got one point and Dean got two. So that was a bit disappointing. But mm. but hey, Fernandez, 97th minute. I reckon that broke a lot of hearts, but also put a, a bit of a smile on my face, even though Brighton lost. Yeah, I, I mean, two things. I, you know, you, you've been kind of very harsh on your Brighton team, um, you know, especially <laughs> their attacking threat and, and uh, Mopé especially. But uh, from what I saw in the double game week, they're so, so good and defensively so sound. I mean, that second half against United was in many ways a disaster but um i was very very impressed by brighton and and i'm sure they they'll continue to do well um you know on the bruno thing i'm a ronaldo captain or without bruno in my team and i was smiles all the way till the 96 minute you know huge <laughs> a pretty big green arrow actually and uh that goal really sucked the life out of me but that is part of fpl and i think everyone's happy so um a small red arrow for me but very excited moving on um Poor old, uh, poor old Mark. I mean, he had he had Dunk and Ronaldo captain and no Bruno. Mm. So that second half was, you know, first half perfect. Ronaldo scores, nothing for anyone else. Yeah. And then, and then the Dunk red card and the Fernandez ninety seven minute winner. <laughs> yeah. No wonder he's not joining me on Black Box this week. <laughs> yeah, Mark has uh, been a very invisible man this year, but mm. um, looking forward to your for Black Box. I think it's tomorrow, right? Uh, quick yep. plug. It'll be okay. tomorrow. Yeah, quick plug. Nice. Okay, so we always start with a, you know, kind of a fixture ticker. Uh, again, you guys can find this on FF Scout. Um, and so what I have here is the uh, fixture ticker from game week 26 to 29, so the next four game weeks. Um, and of course, you take it lightly because there's a bunch of blanks involved in 27 and uh, double game week teams. So it's not the perfect uh, difficulty rating. Um, however, you can. the reason I'm showing you this is... Um, you look at the top teams, and then I'm going to show you. Oh crap! What did I just do? <laughs> um. Oh my. What have you done? Are we still live? Yeah, we're good. We're good. Okay, so. Uh, <laughs> so we have. It's, a... not, it's normally me doing these, Andy. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I'm auditioning for as here. So guys, be a little lenient on me today. Uh, <laughs> All, all jokes, of course. Um, but this is the 28 to 32. And the reason I put this up here um, as is because a lot of people are considering a wild card in 28. And uh, 28 is a big fixture swing. I think, you know, perfectly good arguments for it, perfectly good arguments against it. Um, and against it is if you do have a decent team for 28 without a wild card, you could still get away with it. Um, you know, there's definitely concerns with a wild card in 28, such as do we actually know which Chelsea assets we want? Um, uh, this and that. Um, so if you look here, you can see that Wolves, Chelsea, Leeds, Arsenal are all up there. Um, so any particular strategy involved in a wildcard for 28 for you as or um, enticing mm. fixtures? Mm-hmm. I'm 50-50, you know. I'm, I might do it. I'm, I'm definitely free hitting in 27. Uh, I've got the three Liverpool, Ramsdale. I won't have a backup goalkeeper. I've got Ben Johnson on the bench. Like it's it's perfectly set up for me. Um, is then what do I do when I come out of that? 
I think like United, the fact United are right down the bottom of the the ticket and Brighton as well. I mean, that's a good opportunity for people to shed some of you know those players if they've still got Fernandez, Ronaldo, mm-hmm. De Gea, people with Dallow or Varane or someone like that. You know, it's, it's a good it's a good opportunity to get rid of, rid of those. Uh, and Chelsea right at the top as well. So if Reese James is back, for example, if Mason Mount's injury isn't isn't too bad, I think there's opportunities to get to get Rudiger back in, and you can kind of jump ahead of people who. You know, might be making those moves. Might have to sort of, you know, only make one move a, a week. You, you could essentially get in three Chelsea players. I mean, the run they've got: Burnley, Newcastle, Norwich, Brentford. is an unbelievable four games mm-hmm. for them. So maybe even someone like Lukaku could, you know, be be someone who we look to get, you know, for Ronaldo or or someone, you know, to pair alongside Salah um, as a premium option. And then you've got Wolves. I mean, defensively, you know, you can look at Eight Nori, you can look at Saar in goal. Palace, Everton, Leeds, Villa, Newcastle. Great run for them. Leeds, great run. You know, Rafina could be someone who, who comes in. And then you've got Arsenal. So if we if we were getting in Arsenal players for this double now and then free hitting, you don't need to get rid of those afterwards because they've got Watford, Leicester, Villa, Palace, Brighton. So if you're getting in like Lacazette, Saka, um, you know, Ramsdale, Tierney, Gabriel, there's so many options at Arsenal, which we're going to talk about in a bit. So I think it's a good opportunity yep, in yep. 28. There's some, there's some really good fixture swings and I can see why people are going to walk up for it. Yeah, I, I, three three things here. First is that uh, the Arsenal thing is huge, and there's a likelihood that they get a double in 28, which is going to be very, very beneficial for my chip strategy, which is at this moment in time, a free hit in 27 and a non-wild card in 28. Um, so hmm. that double, if that place, that double comes in 28, it's, it's super advantageous for me. So I'm really hoping for that to happen. Chelsea is likely to double, I think, in 28 or 29. So something to watch out for. Um, again, Chelsea assets are going to be very enticing in 28, but the question was, who do you go for? And you mentioned Lukaku as. Lukaku brings another premium striker into your team, which is you know, a price point that is very difficult to maneuver around unless you, know, you make two free transfers. There's so many midfielders you want right now. Um, I just don't know if I'm super convinced, although he did score, I think, two in the, the Club World Cup. Um, but overall, this season, Lukaku... It has struggled to really fit into that Chelsea team um, just based on purely on eye test. I mean, they won the Champions League without a pure number nine. So um, do we have enough data for 28? I, I'm not so sure. Um, and then the last thing you mentioned um, in the wildcard 28 is that Pross is actually on that plan right now. So I'm very interested to see how he uh, works around the next few game weeks. Um mm. Yeah, and then the next thing is a chart I quickly made on on Word, and um, it just it just helps you kind of you know visualize this single game week in twenty six because um, we have eight double teams. There's no particular order here except Liverpool Arsenal will be one and two for me up top. Um, the blue is the home fixtures, and the orange is the away fixtures. So. Right off the bat, um, there's no doubt Liverpool Arsenal are, are superb, and you could triple up on both um, and free hit in 27 and still have those assets, which are very, very good moving forward. Um, so I, I want to ask you as, you know, is there anything that really stands out to here besides the Liverpool Arsenal game, which we'll talk about, um, and any other double game week teams that you plan on targeting? Short answer, no. <laughs> Move. I think, you know, we're talking, people talk about double game weeks often being a trap and things like that. I look at these fixtures and I, there's, and the teams playing in them, and I'm really struggling to get too excited. I think Liverpool and Arsenal give us the, obviously, Liverpool gives the triple captain option in, in one of Salah or Trent, most likely Salah. I think Arsenal 
it, that, that's, that's a good two games for us. I mean, Wolves is a tough game, but Arsenal beat them, you know, outplayed them and had 10 men for, you know, quite quite a large part of the match. So, you know, and they, and they were away. So you've got, you've got to fancy Arsenal in that game against Wolves. They don't concede too many goals, but I wouldn't be surprised for a one or two nil in that. And then Brentford, if Arsenal turn up to that game, you know, the, the amount of goals they're conceding at the moment, that, that could be a, you know, that could be really good for the Arsenal attackers. And with Martinelli out, we kind of know who's going to start that game as well. So we can kind of focus our attention on on bringing those in. But I mean, outside of that, I mean, Watford have got Villa and Palace. I don't, you know, people are holding on to Dennis and King. I, you know, going with those two strikers, I can't expect them to get much joy from either of those two games. Mm-hmm. Gerrard's done a good job with Villa defensively. Pat Vieira's done a good job with Palace defensively. And, and Watford are really, really struggling for goals. I think since... I think I've read since January, no team in Europe has scored less goals than Watford. Mm. I think I read that somewhere across like all the all the you know the top leagues across the league. So, yeah, that, they're just they're just not clicking at all. Yeah, Wolves, yeah. you're not going to mm-hmm. you're not going to consider any players really apart from their defence. Um, and Leicester and Arsenal isn't isn't amazing. I mean, eight nor is a good shout, but you know you're looking at four point three defender was the best asset, <laughs> or maybe Saar. Um, I think the only team that, that I kind of like the look of is, is Palace. We don't really know what, what Chelsea side are going to come back, um, you know, from this Club World Cup and how they're going to play. I think there's opportunities for Edward probably in that game. Um, and then they go into Watford, who's, who's a good fixture. So I think if you're looking to take a punt on a striker, I'd say probably Edward or Zaha is, is probably the one to go for. But I'm not too excited about this double, to be honest. Mm. How about how about Spurs and, and Burnley? Not, not interested. Well, Spurs are just going to lose to Man City probably quite heavily. So, you know, the only defenders we could we could get excited about are Regulon and Royale. Regulon didn't even play again in the in the last game. Um, Royale's sort of potentially in and out of the team as well. And then they've got the Burnley match. I mean, Burnley away. I mean, that's that's a good game on paper for Son or, or Kane. But you're not going to captain them. Do you need do you need, like one of the decisions is, is is do you move Ronaldo for Kane for a hit, for example? Which is something that I could potentially do, but Ronaldo's got leads, and mm-hmm. that's a good game for him. So, yeah, I'm not really feeling the love, to be honest. I, I don't, I don't love those 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 Spurs. I think they struggle against um, City and, and Burnley. Mm. Yeah, completely fair points. Uh, my confidence in in Spurs and Son has you know shot down drastically, and uh, it starts with the defense. Um, you look at the way Liverpool invested in their team is who do they bring in? Van Dyke, and it, it was a game changer. You look at Man City, who do they invest in? Diaz, game changer. Spurs and Levy have not invested in a solid central defender um, over the past four or five years. Ben Davis has they've got, they've got Romero. They've got Romero, haven't they? True. true. Um, but, he, I mean, he looks good when he plays. Mm-hmm. It's just, has he got that consistency in him to stay injury-free for a long, prolonged period of time? Because... Mm. Because you're right, like like they need him. But at least with you know, at least with Liverpool, they they already had you know Gomez, Matip. You know they had good defenders. Then they strengthened. City had you know Laporte, and and bought Diaz. Like Tottenham have, have pretty rubbish central defenders. So they they the reliance on Romero is much higher, I think, than than the other two teams. No, that's fair. I mean, Romero is a is a great player. I, I think he can become a superstar in the league as a defender. But the point I was trying to make is that they haven't invested enough in their defense, and the defense is very important because mm. it is it is the backbone, the the spine of the team, and defense creates offense, and the stability and balance creates you know closer lines between the midfield, closer lines between the mids and attack, and and more plays happen th- through that. So it's very disappointing that they haven't been able to upgrade their de- defense um, in terms of Spurs. But yes, let's mm. go go to. 
the first section, which is Liverpool, and we're going to try to cover uh, two main topics here because it's pretty straightforward. It's Trent for Salah for uh, triple captain. Uh, and then the second one is who's the third Liverpool spot, um, Jota, Jota versus uh, Robertson. Again, I, I think these two questions are pretty easily answerable or, or straightforward, <laughs> but you know, it, it's good to give um, a counter-argument and, and both sides to the equation. Um, first of all, as are you set on TC for 26? I am. Mm. Yeah, I am. I, I think it's a very, very easy decision um, to TC. I think the, there's a lot of talk about whether people should be bench boosting or using the triple captain. And, you know, I do kind of get that, but you look at the potential. That's what, it's, that's what it all comes down to the triple captain. You, you, what potential has your, cap, you know, your, your captain got in those two matches? There is not a better double gaming fixture than I've ever seen than Liverpool at home to two of the worst defenders in the league. So the potential for Salah is, I don't, I don't think there is a limit to how many points he could hit. He could hit back-to-back hat tricks, and I wouldn't be surprised mm. in these two games. So I, I think, I think it's a very, very easy, easy decision to triple captain in this way if you still got the chip. Yeah, I, I mean, completely fair. I, I, I was listening to meet the manager yesterday, um, Cam, Cam Z, and I was very, very interested in in the way he was. Uh, you know, kind of elaborating on how he plays the game. It's definitely a great listen if you guys want to check it out. And um, a very typical, not typical, sorry, a very veteran-minded kind of, you know, value-chasing manager who uh, made the point that it's not so much about EO and, you know, going differential. It's about who do you think is going to get the most points this game week? And yes, you can make an argument for Trent, but uh, Salah against two home juicy fixtures, it's a no-brainer for me as well. So... Um, I, I'm going with the TC captain, but um, our friend CY from Above Average uh, FPL has joined us in the chat, and he is actually going for uh, triple captaincy on Trent. Um, mm. So, uh, guys, let's wish him the best um, because he's going to regret it, I think. But <laughs> <laughs> um, the reason why uh, he's going for it is since game week 11, again, uh, these stats have to be taken lightly because you can kind of, you know, make it look nicer than it actually is. But Trent is on 86 points. Salah is on 68 points. Um, and Trent has outscored Salah in 11 out of the 19 games, mm. nine out of 11 games since game week 11. Um, and if, just from a team defensive point, uh, if you look up here, Liverpool have had three clean sheets in the last four game weeks, four Premier League game weeks. And in the last six game weeks, they're right up there in terms of minutes per XG conceded. So they're pretty much conceding a goal every 102 minutes is the way I interpret this stat. Um, and uh, that's that's a very good sign. Uh, would you not say so, As It is, yeah. I mean, I don't think Trent's a bad option mm-hmm. at all. I mean, you know, he's, he's going to be my vice captain, for example. I think he's he's the second best option after Salah, for sure. And, you know, I think it's, it's, a, it's a brave call to, to go against Salah. Um, but you know, like like you say, I mean, eleven of the nineteen games Trent has outscored him. I think the issue is is that you look at. You, you, I always just try and look for you know late riser, coin the phrase, the upside chasing side of things. Mm. And Salah and Trent have both been pretty consistent. And when, and when we say that Trent's outscored Salah, a lot of the times that is by what like a point or something because you know Salah's been returning in pretty much every game. Sometimes just an assist. And in those games, maybe Trent's got a, a clean sheet. So I've got six compared to five or six. Or I don't know. It's been, it's been pretty even. I just look at, you look at that Palace game. They won 3-1. Trent got two points. That's the concern when you captain a defender. The team can have a great game. They can play really well. Can see the sloppy goal when your defender ends up with two points. Mm. Whereas Salah is just involved in absolutely everything. And 
like I said, I just think Liverpool could score three or four goals in both of those matches, which makes Salah the most attractive one because he's he's their best player. Yep. So the next the, the next graph actually shows uh, chances conceded from the left flank. I think it was the next last six game weeks and. Look what we have up there, Leeds and Norwich, right at the top. Um, so that bodes well for both, like I guess, Trent and Salah. Um, again, mm. chances conceded is a little bit, um, it should be taken lightly because, yeah, they have eight and eight, but they also concede a lot from um, from the left uh, right flank as well. So these just teams are just defensively bad, basically. Um, but, um, you know, if we speak a little bit of tactics, um, it's very interesting to see what, Klopp did when Salah and Mane were gone at AFCON. And uh, without getting too detailed, they run a bunch of triangles. This is how they attack. So the triangles would be, for example, if Salah was around, Henderson, Salah, and um, Trent creating triangles, whether one is pushing out wide, one is making the runs behind, one is drifting inside. That's just, that's just the zonal attacking method that Liverpool has. When those two are gone, they don't have direct uh, attacking dribbling assets such as Mane and, and Salah um, because their backups are not good enough to take on defenders one-on-one. And when that happened, Robertson came into play because Robertson and Trent were heavily attacked, uh, heavily involved in their attacking output. Um, so with the Salah and Mane returning, I think their attacking potential diminishes a little bit. Uh, I'm not saying it's, it's the end of the world, but I think their attacking potential diminishes, especially Robertson, because interestingly, when those two were gone, they played a lot from the left side. Um, a lot of the ball ran through the left. A lot of the ball switched to Robertson. Robertson was left on an island and you know created a lot of uh, crossing and plays and, and attacking returns. But when Salah comes in, he's involved in 50% of the goals for Liverpool throughout the season. So that just means that more runs and more plays are going to go through Salah. More, is gonna, more stuff's going to happen through the right. And this team, whereas a couple of years ago, was gang impressing this year this season especially is Salah uh, how do we make Salah the best player in the league basically so what I mean is a lot of the plays and a lot of their attacking goes through Salah so you have to really watch out for the difference in tactics between when Salah and Mane are around and when they're not um yeah, yeah. do you know do you know what I'm saying <laughs> absolutely yeah and, and Leeds is an open game Right, that's that's the main thing. I mean, Norwich, you'd expect Smith to set up quite defensively, and that's maybe a game more suited to Trent because they're going to be getting the ball wider to him, getting the balls in, you know, more crosses. Whereas I think with with the Leeds game, you know, they don't know how to how to defend like that, so it's going to be a gung ho game, which means the attackers get more space, more freedom, more shots, more chances. So if 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 it was in isolation and it was just you know looking at, at Salah or Trent against Norwich, for example, I think y- you could make a case for it, but. I think Salah versus Leeds is just so much more in favour of him than, than it is Trent. Yeah, just just no overthinking here. And uh, overthinker John, uh, welcome again. And he says, what do you think about Luis Diaz? Diaz is a fantastic option and possibly the replacement for Mane. So I'm very excited for what he is capable of and what's, what he's going to show in the next few seasons. Mm. Um, so as let's move to the next uh, Liverpool topic and we'll just quickly go through this is Jota versus Robertson. And, you know, most managers won't have the luxury or the move to, you know, move off Jota now and, and get Robertson in. I, I don't think that's necessary. Um, but it is a topic for debate because uh, I think it was pretty hot in the community on who the third best Liverpool asset is. And certainly you can make the Robertson argument as well. But 
uh, again, I go back to the tactics part where now that Salah and Mane is back, Robertson attacking output, I think it diminishes uh, a little bit. Um, so if you have Jota, I think it's a no-brainer keep. Um, he's, you know, first choice now, very integral to their attacking, you know, you know, uh, output. So what do you think? Um, Jota versus Robertson, do you have an opinion here? Yeah, I mean, I was, I was asked a few weeks ago and I was very, very, you know, insistent that I thought um, Robertson was the better pick given that, you know, Mane and Salah were coming back, given that they'd signed Diaz. But the more, I mean, the the the, um, the Leicester game was was so big, I think, for, for Jota, because he, he hadn't returned in a while for us. And we were kind of, a lot of, you know, we were all kind of relying on him. Everyone owned him. And he got those two goals. But it was just the, it was just the way that, I mean, Salah came off the bench in that game. But Jota really took charge of that attack and that side. And the more I read about Liverpool, the more I just read more about, the younger players looking up to Jota. I think they had, I can't remember who it was. Nice. One of their players was, was saying that um, they were getting like, you know, finishing training from, from Jota in a thing. And I just thought that there's, there's been a few little things like that. And I think he's just making that step up now from like rotation back up to the, to the, to the front three of Firmino, Mane and Salah to now being an integral part of Liverpool's attack going forward. And, you know, I think a lot of people have said that for a while and I, I didn't really believe it. I think early in the season, I still thought there'd be massive rotation between those three. And I think there will be to some extent, but I think Jota is so important now for, for Liverpool. If you know if they want to win the Champions League, if they want to challenge City for the title, I think Jota is now pretty much as important as as definitely as important as Mane, probably less important as, as Salah because no one's as important as Salah. Mm. Uh, it's just a question mark of what happens with Diaz. But I think you're right. I think Diaz affects Mane more mm. than it does Jota. I think Jota plays majority of games between now and the end of the season. Completely changed my opinion of him, really. Yeah, it's a uh, it's one of those breakout seasons in in a it different is. way. Mm. I think so. Yeah. So this this chart again from FF Scout is uh, expected goal involvement for Jota among amongst all players, and in the last six game week he's right up there. I think top six, top seven. So uh, obviously we know his underlying stats are always great. Same thing, big chances. You know he's the big chance monster. He, he misses from like two feet out. So, um, you know, at, at, on any given day, he can haul. I, I really believe this. Um, so uh, the chances are there, the, the stats back it up. And of course, we have to back up Robertson as well, because in the last six game weeks, he's the best uh, defensive asset in the game. Um, you know, points per start, nine points. Um, again, I think this is only four out of the six starts. So it's not it's not the bunch of games, but still, it, there's a reason why people are trying to jump on Robertson. His underlying stats are fantastic as well. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's outscored um, Jota, I think, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, I think so. Well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Probably, probably not a huge amount in it. Yeah. Jota 25, Robertson 36 over the last four. So Robertson has outscored him, but Jota wasn't really doing anything and then had that, had that one big game and then obviously missed the last game with the, with the dead leg or cramp or whatever it was, which was a shame. Um, I like them both. I, I really do. I think I think I don't think you can go wrong with with either. And I think you know you're not going to captain Jota, so it is purely just who's going to score the most points out yeah. of Robertson and, and and Jota going forward. It's probably not a huge amount in it, but yeah, for, for now I, I think I'm 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 leaning back towards keeping keeping Diogo, which I did not think I'd be saying about six seven weeks ago. I thought he'd be an, an easy easy sell. Yeah. Uh, for me on a potential wildcard, but it won't be so easy now. Yeah, I mean, that's how fast FPL moves, right? Uh, six, seven weeks ago, Ben Davis was a great option, you know, and Dallow yeah. was a great option. And, and yeah. look, at, look at what's happened now. So, um, yeah, uh, to summarize the Liverpool, you know, TC Salah is a no-brainer. 
And uh, if you have Jota, you're very happy with Jota. If you have um, Robertson, it changes your team structure. You can get another midfielder in, and um, so be it. I think that's a great option as well. Mm. Yeah, pretty much. It's, I mean, it's it's just that is the decision, isn't it? Because I mean, you can't really consider Diaz or Firmino. Um, I mean, Mane is an interesting one. I mean, if you were free hitting this week, for example, would you consider going for, for the Mane and, and Salah? Double I think up? so. I think I would. Um, mm. It's, yeah, if, if you're free hitting, uh, if you want to be adventurous, I think he'd be a decent option. I don't think he gets the full 90-90, but um, this guy just won the AFCON. I mean, he's Mane, right? And he plays for the one of the best teams in the league, the second be- first, second best team in the league. Uh, you can't go wrong with, with a pick like Mane in a double game week. So if I'm free yep. hitting, oh, he's in my team possibly. You've got to go for him. Mm-hmm. You've, got, you've got to go for, for that double. I think. You've got to chase the upside. Um, yep. But, you know, this is, again, meta talk before we get to our next subject is that um, do you free hit in a blank or do you free hit in a double game week? And, you know, there's instances, again, where a double game week team that you already have outscores your free hit team, whereas when you free hit in a blank, you start from zero versus having an X amount of players. So um, just free hitting in a double doesn't seem the most viable option to me. But anyway, so... Liver- always uh, a blank. Always uh, a blank. blank. Yeah, always a blank. <laughs> always a blank. And... Mm. So we have the Arsenal section now. I think this is a very, very to- popular topic, especially this will help me um, as because, uh, as I mentioned, my plan is to bring in a third Arsenal asset, really attack this double game week, free hit out of it in 27, and have three great uh, assets moving forward. So um, I think Ramsdale and Saka are the no-brainer options. I don't think we need to speak too highly of them. The reason why Saka is now... Uh, you know, kind of a level above Martinelli's because of the red card. Um, I know Martinelli's mm. your boy, but um, so he's dead, to, he's dead to me now. He's now he's now he's got that red card. Ru- ruined ruined my plans. That did. Um, <laughs> yeah. So basically, what we're gonna do is kind of assess a couple assets. The main assets for me would be Gabby versus Tyranny, and then do you go for a defender or do you go for Lacazette? So that's kind of what we're gonna try mm. to figure out. Um, and I want to give a shout out to FPL Mike Halpin. I, I hope he's in the in the chat. Uh, Mike is such a great guy. I call him Uncle Mike, and I met him through Twitter and um, form, formed a great relationship with him. He goes to a bunch of Arsenal games. And uh, yesterday, Mike uh, lost his boy in his in his dog. And um, Mike, if you're listening, I'm you know uh, my prayers are with you. So uh, guys, give uh, Mike some love if, if possible. But yeah, uh, basically, Mike. Uh, you know, as my Arsenal guy, I asked him, who do you think is uh, the best third option? And he's very, very keen on Gabby. Um, he really thinks Gabby is the best third not option. Not my Gabby. Uh, not, not your <laughs> Gabby. Um, I don't, I, it's so hard to pronounce his actual full name, but let's say Gabriel. But anyways, yes. um, um, so as what we have here is Arsenal team defense. Um, although they've only played three in the last six game weeks, you can tell they're, you know, right up there. Very surprising Newcastle's up there too. Uh, and this is minutes per XG conceded. Um, it was is 88 minutes, which is a pretty good sign moving into the double game week, uh, I would think. Um, and so let's first debate, um, I guess, let's debate Lacazette. Uh, what do you think about Lacazette um, just in general? Because I have my opinion on him and uh, at 8.3 million, I believe now, um, is he someone you would consider as your third Arsenal asset? I am considering him. I'm, I'm considering him, bringing him in for a hit for Antonio, mm. who plays 
Newcastle, but I'm just so fed up with Antonio blanking every week. I feel like it's just never going to end. You know, there's always going to be potential for West Ham to score. There's always going to be potential for Antonio, but it's just never going to happen. But I'm just finding it so hard to get excited about Lacazette. I think the the main benefit of him is, well, there's two main benefits of him. One is that he's going to play because they haven't got another striker. So, you know, there were some rumours that Martinelli, you know, has been training as as that number nine, but he's suspended for the first game. So there's absolutely no way that, that Lacazette isn't going to play um, both those matches. Mm. He's on pens as well, which is nice. Always good in double game week. You know, you've got 180 minutes to potentially get a penalty. I like that um, as well. But, I mean, this is a guy, I mean, he's got three goals in his last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, three goals in eight starts and three assists. Mm. it's not bad mm. is it but it's not it's not explosive <laughs> that's the issue um, I mean he's had one double digit haul I think all season which was against Norwich um, when he got 11 um, but you're probably more reliant on assists with him aren't you I, I just can't I can't I see him now as foil he's almost like taking on a Firmino type role like he's foil for the more creative attacking players around him. Exactly. And he's, he's happy to drop deep and, and let them go forward. So I think he's a decent option. I think three goals and three assists in eight is is good. I think it's actually it's two goals, two, two goals, three assists in eight is, is, no, is an okay return, but it's not, you know, is it worth a minus four? That's the question I'm asking myself because how many points is he really going to get? Yeah. I, I think you make some very, very good points because, uh, again, historical data and let's let's say the past four game week data is is good stuff to see if you know someone's finding form and it's always good to base your you know decisions off stats. But um, you know if you look at the way Arsenal play and there's a reason why um, Lacazette is still with Arteta and uh, for example uh, Aubameyang is gone because Alba is more of a Martinelli type of player that you know takes up a very you know direct type of player, but Lacazette mm. is perfect for this team. Um, I mean, some people complain about like, you know, why why is he not making these darting runs? Why is he kind of like, you know, slowing down at times? Why does he, you know, run very slow, you know, here and there? But the reason is because he's positionally very aware um, and he's positionally making everybody around him better. And so from an FPL standpoint, does that actually make him a good FPL asset? It, very big question mark for me. But, I'll tell you what it makes him. It makes him a frustrating to watch exactly. FPO asset, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is something that I try to avoid getting in my teams because I want to actually enjoy watching football rather than watching Lacazette pass the ball on the halfway line and not even bother to run into the penalty area. Mm-hmm. That will drive me insane. I, I think you make a perfect point because um, he's frustrating because you, he does get the chances. He can get two goals or three goals yeah. in a game. It's just... Uh, I don't know if I would go there is what I'll say. Um, so like I said, let's put that aside and then let's compare the two defenders and then compare all three and see which one's the best uh, Arsenal asset to go for. Um, this is the, it's just a visual, um, you know, again, uh, the heat map for Gabriel and heat map for Tyranny, um, touch heat map. So touch heat map should be taken into context um, because sometimes teams are sitting back and, uh, you know, for 60, 70 minutes, they're just passing the ball around and, um, you know, it's not it's not a great indicator of of overall you know potential, but um, a visual up there. So, Gabriel and Tyranny, let me know your first thoughts. As instinctively, I'm drawn towards Tierney mm. because I know what he's capable of. I mean, he had uh, uh, it was only it's sort of 
between game weeks 15 and 19, um, he had three double-digit returns, you know, for a defender. That's that's like incredible. Um, he's good on the bonus as well. He's had three assists this season. Like he is a proper attacking fullback option that, that I really like the look of. But there's something about Gabriel, which just, I always just think he's going to get points. Like yeah, he's yeah. he's so commanding in the yeah. box. Like he's got such a good, he's so strong, got such a good leap on him. And Arsenal have got players, you know, like Odegaard and, and um, Smith Rowe. Like they can they can get they can put such a good ball in for him. I, I tend to always focus on the on the fullbacks, but Gabriel is one of those centre backs that that I really like. And I wasn't surprised to see him you know score against against Wolves. He's got three goals this season. Um, you know, for a centre back is, is is a great return. So I really like him. I think I would probably lead towards Gabriel because I always have that worry with Tierney that he's going to get injured again. Yeah, yeah, injury is definitely a concern. And um, what I would like to say about Tierney, when you look up the matchups for the the game week twenty six, is um, you know Tierney, defenders make different types of runs, right? Um, and just because you're a wing back doesn't necess- and you're getting bombing forward does not necessarily mean you're a more attacking threat than a center back in Gabriel. And what I mean by this is you know Tierney will probably do well in the first game against Brentford because he'll benefit from the offensiveness of Canos, but probably will blank against uh, against Wolves uh, for a clean, uh, and will have to play for a clean sheet. So that's kind of my uh, so-so stance on and Tyranny as an option. Although uh, our, our guy, uh, let's talk, F, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ted is a big advocate of... Uh, <laughs> what's his name? So sorry, Ted. I, I, I called him Tom. I called him... Yeah, it's been a... Uh, sorry, he's, he's, he's very forgettable. I forget his name all the time. <laughs> um, love you, Ted. Yeah, love you, Ted. Um, so <laughs> I would like to show you a very, very cool graph by FPL Avi, uh, I believe, on Twitter. Um, shout out FPL Avi. And this is goals conceded from a set piece. And this is why Mike is so... Mike Halpin is so keen on Gabby. Gabby's really, really good on set pieces. And, and as you mentioned, Daz, he's super um, dominating presence and he's got mm. like size. He, he just looks like, you know, imagine playing against him in real life. Like, dang, how am I going to get past this guy? You know, he's just got that aura about him. And um, again, Gabby's very good on set pieces. Six worst teams conceding on set pieces are in the next fixtures for Arsenal. Brentford, Watford, Palace, Leicester, Villa, Southampton. So not only do you have a great chance of getting a clean sheet in the next double gaming 26 and then 28, 29, 30, you have a set piece monster in Gabby with, you know, potential to get attacking returns. Mm. For me, it's a no brainer. Uh, I'm convinced by what Mike is saying. And I think I'm going to go to Gabby if I do go for a third Arsenal assets, which I will. Mm. I mean, the, the, good, the good thing about Tierney is the consistency is is is, a, is incredible with him really i mean he, ca- he came back in game week 15 and he's only blanked once in all the matches that, that arsenal had um that was two points against leeds uh where they they won they won four one in that game didn't they um he even got an assist against man city for example mm-hmm. so you know i i Tierney's more exciting to watch because you're going to see him bombing forward more but you are completely right that when you've got someone like Gabriel, who is the target of all the set pieces, and they know that, that you know, it's like Liverpool using Van Dyke. He probably doesn't get enough goals for Van Dyke, or United using Maguire. But when you've got that kind of imposing presence in the box, you just try and get the ball to him from all set plays. 
And I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he got a goal, G- given these stats as well. He's, he's playing team, you know, they're poor from set, set pieces. I would, I would, I would lean for Gabby mm. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, I think the, the more popular pick will be tyranny, but, um, Gabby is certainly a shout. And uh, by the way, it, besides all this, if you just look at pure attacking stats, um, Gabby outshines tyranny in, in most categories. So, uh, even the underlying stats are there granted he did score. So that probably helps a lot. Um, but okay. Hopefully that, uh, kind of organizes our arsenal thinking here. Hi everyone. Just taking a break here to mention this podcast is sponsored by better help. That's a better H E L P. We all know that everything that's going on in the world is putting a strain on all of us and reaching out to speak to someone is a good idea uh, if you are struggling. BetterHelp is an app that can help improve your mental health and you can match with your own licensed professional therapist within 48 hours. It provides a secure online platform for professional therapy who have a broad range of experience and this might not always be available locally to you. Uh, it lets you do this from your own home through video or phone sessions at times that suit you. You can even log into the app and send a message to your therapist 24-7 who will reply with a timely and thoughtful response. Note that it's also more affordable uh, than traditional offline therapy and there is financial aid available to you too. Uh, if you don't get on with your therapist, you can change therapists for free. Note that this is a US app, but there are clients worldwide, over 2 million of them, uh, but do bear in mind of the time differences if you do decide to sign up, uh, you can visit the website, which is betterhelp, betterhelp.com. Uh, you can check out the reviews, betterhelp.com forward slash reviews. Uh, there's people who said that they love it because they hate going uh, places and they don't feel comfortable um, doing so, but they, they've you know felt really good doing it through BetterHelp. Uh, other people have said that they're quick to respond to their messages, kind and understanding, and they feel comfortable opening up um, over the app without a fear of being judged. So if you like the sound of that, you can get 10% off your first month. Just go to betterhelp, betterhelp.com forward slash scouts. That gets you 10% off your first month and you can join all the people uh, that are using the app. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's move to another popular section right now that many people are considering is Jimenez and Wolves assets, uh, Wolves defense. Right off the bat, Wolves look great. Um, Seventh in the league, pushing for a Champions League spot, possibly. Looks like they have a good chance of locking up a Europa League spot. I'm not completely convinced on Bruno Lage yet um, because uh, I need to see more um, and, and... I think they've been getting away with a lot of results. However, um, s- defensively so solid um, and they have a game plan and having a philosophy, team philosophy in the Premier League is super important. Uh, we saw that with Leeds last season. I guess teams figured them out this year a little bit more and a bunch of injuries and, and fatigue and this and that. Um, but uh, there is an identity. There's a plan A, plan B for, for Wolves. So um, an informed team, good fixtures, a double this game week. Um, definitely some enticing options here. Uh, first thoughts on on Wolves in general. Just so different to what I thought they were going to be this season. You know, under large, like we 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 did all the research preseason. It looked like he was going to be a very attacking, open manager. Yeah. 
And I, 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 can't, I just can't believe how good they are defensively. Like, I think they've only conceded more than two goals or two goals or more like once this season, or maybe, maybe it's twice. Like it's, it's twice. So, you know, that, that defensive record is, is literally what's sitting through. Um, I mean, they have games like Arsenal though, where when they're struggling to, when they're struggling to kind of keep the ball and retain possession and just getting hit over and over again, they, they can't, they've got no way out. They can't create anything. So I always worry about them attacking wise. You know, they scored two against Brentford. They've scored two against Spurs, which you know gives some indication that they, you know, they they have got decent attacking players there. But I just every game that they play, I just expect a one nil either way, mm. and it's just really hard to get excited about a team yeah. like that. I like Eight Nor. I think Eight Nor is such good value in in defence. But looking elsewhere. Eight Norian Saar for me. I, I just wouldn't touch their attackers. Mm. I just think you're, you're, it's just it's just going to be too frustrating when they, you know, don't get you anything. Yeah. Okay. So what what I'll do here uh, as is um, I worked with FPL teacher. Shout out FPL teacher um, on on Twitter. He is a very very tactically nuanced guy, and I kind of rely on him a lot uh, for tactical stuff um, and and speak to him all the time about football because football comes first for me over FPL. So um, he was very kind to help me kind of break down uh, his team in Wolves. And so I'll kind of go through some notes I have, and then I'd like to know your thoughts uh, after us. Um, so nice. um, Wolves. Wolves are a defensively, currently um, defensively solid team. Their system is two forwards, Raul plus one. And it's interesting you mentioned that you thought Lage would come out you know, very attacking and stuff. And he did. He actually came out the first, you know, a couple game weeks, super attacking. They were doing bad. Uh, and then they switched it up and became more defensive and have been super sound since, right? And so Raul plus one, what that does is prevents the center backs from reaching the central midfield. So one of the three midfielders, Dendon Decker or Kondo, or pushes up to press the full backs. So the question here is who benefits? Raul and Pondens benefits, in my opinion, right? When midfielders press, Raul is in between the lines to receive the ball, shoot, create chances, a.k.a. he's involved in most of their attacking output. Granted, it's not a lot. Dendonka, oh my God, can you help pronounce it for me? Dendonka. Dendonka and Kondo might keep their place over Moutinho um, because of their age, but their roles are similar. So let me show you a visual here. Um, is this is the space that Raul Jimenez takes up. And you can tell already that they're not super attacking just just off, you know, tactical kind of philosophy. Jimenez is going to be roaming around in this midfield area and between the midfield and the defensive line. So uh, again, he he will be creating most um, chances. And if Wolves do score, I'm very confident that he he's going to involve, be involved. Granted, we don't know how many they actually score. So a note on wingbacks, Semedo and Nori are not part of the pressing system um, when they're pressing up front. When Wolves win the ball, they won't be in the prime positions to capitalize. That's just the way they're defending. When Wolves start position from the back, Semedo doesn't push up super high anymore. Nori no longer cross is a crossing threat because Wolves don't play with the left forward. Previously, it was Huang and, and, um, and Jimenez starting up top. And attacking threat for Nori has been reduced, um, according to Teach. However, if you look at the last game, I think Nori was fantastic attacking-wise. So, um, you know, take these tactical things uh, somewhat lightly. So what we, when we were discussing this, 
what we came down to is who's going to get the most bonus bonus points in terms of defensive roles. Although wing backs are mar- tasked to mark wingers, outside center backs tend to win the ball back. So therefore, bonus for each defender is based on the ability of their opponents. Again, we're looking at matchups. For example, against Spurs when Wolves played, Nori versus Doherty. Doherty never attempted to dribble past Nori in the first twentieth first half, and and Saiz made more. Did tack- he not? Yeah, yeah, Cause yeah. Well, what a long way he's fallen. Exactly, and and Saiz made uh, more tackles. I hope you're following me, guys. And Semedo versus Kulovsky, Semedo's athleticism was good enough to win the ball back. So um, this is why the, the bonus points bodes really well for them. Against Arsenal, Semedo versus Martinelli, Semedo beats Martinelli to the ball, Kilman not needed. Marcel versus Saka, Marcel completely outpaced by Saka, size covers and racks up the bonus. Do you understand um, what I, I, yeah, the yeah. points? I'm, yeah. Okay. So let's yeah. look at the upcoming opponents. And this is another uh, tactical visual of how they might fare against Leicester. Semedo vs. Barnes. Semedo likely to beat uh, Barnes for pace, so he'll dominate the tackles. This is the wrong one. Um, so I have a very high confidence that Semedo will rack up some bonus points because he's athletically super gifted and he's going to make a bunch of tackles against Barnes. Um, and then on the other side, we have uh, Aitnori versus Madison, but Madison likely won't attack... Um, won't attack a bunch of dribbles so mm. uh, I don't think uh, Nori will get many points for many bonus points from tackles and instead who's going to benefit I think it's going to be Saiz. Saiz I think has an opportunity to get a bunch of bonus points against this single matchup um, so the question for bonus it, to kind of clarify why I'm why I'm preaching on this is because you need the most tackles to rack up bonus and who makes the most tackles in these matchups Nori flank in, in the central mid and size because of Maddie is um, the conclusion that I've come to. Um, every one tackle is one bonus point, I think. And whereas you need multiple CBI, clearance block interceptions, to rack up a single bonus point. Um, so without a purely attacking threat in, in the Wolves' defense, um, maybe the play is to go for the guy who might get the most bonus points. Can I, can I just say, Andy, that I've listened to a lot of podcasts in my time. I've done a lot of podcasts in my time this level of analysis is so just so good and so like refreshing because it's just so different to anything else that that I've heard before and looking at the graph it makes complete sense like Madison isn't going to try and double pass he's going to try and play in that's when Sace is going to come in and hoover it Mm. and win that up Um, and I think particularly this week I mean you know you you could argue something like this maybe long term when you're looking at matchups isn't you know, you can't bring in a different defender each week. Yeah, yeah. But when you're when we're looking at things so short term, like mm-hmm. a lot of us are at the moment, you know, with this double game week and then a free hit and then potentially a, a wild card, this is exactly the kind of level of detail we need to get into to try and, you know, pick the best player. So yeah, I think it's it's just it's just excellent analysis and and massive credit to um a teacher as well. A field teacher, yeah. Helping you do it. Yeah, that's, pretty, that's really kind of you as because sometimes we're as content creators it's it's you know, it's a tricky line between getting too much into football and, and FPL, but hopefully um, you guys are enjoying this. And again, shout out to FPL Teacher for uh, providing me with these fantastic uh, visuals. Um, to summarize, let's summarize the Wolves assets um, as, and I, I can do this. For me, uh, number one would po- probably be Semedo. Uh, very little offensive threat, but defensive bonus hog based on winning duel against Martinelli and Barnes, which are the next two matchups. Number two would be Sice. Decent offensive threat on set pieces because of well-executed near-post runs and poacher instincts. 
Second best defensive bonus hog because he laps up tackles behind wingbacks. Third would be Kilman for me. Average offensive threat from set pieces because of his size. Will have minor defensive bonus potential, but very low. And number mm-hmm. four is Cody. No attacking, no defensive threat. He's just <laughs> Connor Cody. So you have him in your team. And uh, final Ooh. note on Raul. Um, I know we're going back to Raul. Um, you know, I think his confidence has dropped this year, but his form is coming back. Um, one goal doesn't imply more goals down the road, so take it lightly. Um, he could easily blank these next two game weeks. Um, and he's become very selfless this season. I feel like he's taken up that kind of veteran savvy role and uh, allowing those around him to kind of excel, taking you know guys like Huang under his wing. So it's very nice to see. I think if you're buying Raul, um, it's not a great buy. It's not a terrible buy, but it could come off with potential this game week. Um, but yeah. So would you? Would you? I mean, we talked about two kind of disappointing strikers. Would you rather have Raul or Lacazette? Oh God. <laughs> Again, I think it's team dependent, but I think I would go Raul because of the fact that I'm looking to bring really? Cappy. Yeah, because I'll have three yeah. Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I'd lean for Lacazette. Not 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 thinking about you know how many assets I own from each couple or whatever. I think mm. you know based on who I think's got more potential in double gaming. I think probably Lacazette given the fixtures. Mm. I, I'm not re- I'm not really considering Jimenez to be honest. Yeah, I, I mean, look, uh, you know, Lacazette. I think he's very involved. XGI is super, super high the, the, the past six or seven game weeks. So he's he's a good option, not going to lie. And uh, Mikel makes a good point. Cody is more than capable of scoring goals. Um, again, this is just my hot opinion take, so um, no right answer here. But uh, based on the two matchups, this is um, how I wanted to present. Cody, Cody Brace confirmed. Cody Brace confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, thank you guys for bearing with me there. And let's go to the next team, Burnley, uh, another very... Uh, popular uh, team that's been talked about. Vout was firmly in my plans, and I'm I'm really keen on bringing him in. I, I really need him to be uh, not injured for this double game week. So I'm hoping that he's available. And the reason for me is uh, just besides who's the better player, it's also the fact that he his price point allows me to get the assets I want uh, in the midfield and defense. Um, I want to know your thoughts on on Burnley. Any players that you want or or players you want to avoid? Again, whenever you ask me these questions, I sigh just because I just find it so hard to get excited about Burnley in general. Um, I mean, Cornet's back and sometimes playing up front, but now he's playing a bit deep because Rodriguez has has come in alongside Weghorst. Um, It's three games now for Burnley and he hasn't done anything, but I mean, he has played United and Liverpool, to be fair. So... And then you know the Watford game, he was just back from from Afcon, so he's the he's the kind of standout attacking player. And you know he's got back to back double game weeks coming up. So if you're not planning on a free hit um, in 27, I think he's actually a, a pretty good pretty good move because you're going to get four games out of him um, of those two games. So yeah, I, I quite like Corne. Uh, defense, I mean they the, the centre backs just don't score enough or have any real attacking threat to make me think they're they're worth it. So I'm probably looking at Pope if I'm getting anyone, but then I just think Ramsdale is superior in pretty much every way to him. Yeah. yeah. So unless you're bench boosting, I probably wouldn't go near Pope. So it's probably just Cornet for me. He's he's the only one that I'd I'd probably consider. Oh, you're not you're not interested in Vout at all. No, mm. <laughs> I just I just can't get excited about a Burnley striker. It's just the same as when Chris Wood mm. was there. I just I find it so difficult to. 
to do. I mean, I guess the, the the best thing about him is that the strikers are all so rubbish that you could move, you know, anyone to him and not yeah. be too worried that the ones you're selling are going to hit big returns. Yeah. But realistically, I, I just don't think you can expect too much, too I, much from him. My opinion's a bit different. I think Valtteri is a great option. Um, and I, I've said this on TED stream, and I think uh, I had like four or five streams last week, so I've been preaching this as. And uh, You just can't say no, can you, Andy? I just can't say no. I just love talking <laughs> FPL. It's it's uh, it's a problem. Uh, but anyway, so um, <laughs> just to reiterate what I've been saying is that um, Burnley played the long ball game against Man United. They had um, 200 something total passes. Man United had 500 something total passes, but their long pass was very similar, 60 to 57. So again, uh, they play the long ball game, which means they're going to feed Vout. Vout is going to be heavily involved, and they're always trying to play and win the second ball, which brings Cornet into the picture. However, Vout is more important because it's not always Cornet that's getting the second ball. You know, that's always making those runs. Um, so just from a team tactical perspective. Whoever is making the runs behind, or maybe he doesn't pass it off and you know shoots from outside the box, or he's very slow, right? Um, but very mm. you know Berbatov-like and you know super super sexy type of football player. So uh, I think Vaut is <laughs> Vaut is very uh, enticing for me um, as an option, especially with the lack of strikers that we have. Um, so uh, you know lightly on that, but you, you mentioned the back line. Uh, I do agree. Pope is a prime candidate for twenty-seven free hit, for example, and um, he gets. You know, points returns because Burnley invite pressure. They like to shoot um, pressure to shoot from outside, which is Pope's kind of bread and butter. Um, and he has good save form right now. He's looking good. He made a ridiculous save. Um, I, I can't remember against who. Um, so I really like the look of Pope. Um, and the back line, here's what I'll say. The back line, you know, whether you're debating Ben Mee or Tarkovsky, like, just relax. Like you can go for Tarkovsky, you can go for Ben Mee. There's no right answer, and they're no, they're not great options in my opinion because the back line is very, very uninvolved in the attack. They have very low pass percentage, so that means very likely they don't get any bonus. It's purely based on how much do you believe they're going to get a clean sheet because there's this talk about Tarkovsky's good on set pieces. He's going to get involved in corners, this and that. That's like one a game max, you know, and yeah. one or two a game max. So um, for for me, I, the Burnley defensive line is is very iffy. It's just for only the, um, so I was gonna, only only four teams have had less attempts from set plays this season than Burnley, mm. which are Watford, Wolves, Everton, and Leicester. Which is surprising when you you know because everyone thinks you know they're a route one team and and all of this, but they're not very good in the air, the, the, the centre-backs, like yeah. surprisingly, they concede a lot of chances from, from the flanks, Burnley, and they don't create many attempts from set plays. So, and the fact they're not really keeping clean sheets at the moment as well, it's very difficult to, to sell them. Okay. Um, next topic, a very popular dilemma is what to do with Bruno Fernandes. And um, yeah. Ronaldo is an easy sell. I think most people will sell him. And the Bruno one's interesting because unless you move him to Salah, if, if that is the, the only way to do it, you definitely do it. But I guess people are questioning whether to move off Bruno to someone like Sun um, and, I don't know, someone else. But, um, again, FPL Bruno's out there. My, my buddy's, uh, I think, in, in the chat. He was supposed to join us today, by the way, guys, but uh, he's been busy with life. And... Um, <laughs> Sorry, FPL Bruno, but... FPL with life, Bruno, come on. Yeah, come on, man. Uh, but 
man, I, I was so heartbroken by that uh, 96th or 7th minute goal because he deserves it, right? He he was the best player in the game for Man United um, in the second half especially. But um, I thought I was going to get away with it, and, and um, he de- delivered the goods. He was super involved. I mean, if Ronaldo finished one or two times from his crossing, uh, he could have got more points. So Bruno was really good. Um, and this matchup against Leeds is, oh, man, so good. I, I think early in the season he had a – they dominated Leeds, right? I think they had five or six goals against Leeds early in the season. First game of the season, yeah. Oh, trick for Fernandes. Yep, yep. Yeah. So the matchup's always been fire because of their uh, traditional rivalry since the 90s. Leeds high-pressing versus United's counter-attacking style is, you know, the showcase previous to when Rangrick arrived. Um, and, uh, you know, it's a tough sell, but I don't think it's so... Um, difficult of a decision it's just basically do you want a doubler or not um in sun what, what, what do you think as well it's interesting just just before i answer that it's interesting that you you kind of said that one of these questions isn't about the ronaldo who to sell out of ronaldo and fernandez and you said ronaldo is an easy sell because that's my biggest decision this week is which one of those do i get rid of and until the 97th minute i was so sure that selling fernandez was the right option and then it's amazing what a what a last minute goal can do because now I'm suddenly reminded of the Leeds game and I'm thinking oh god Ronaldo could get a rest potentially because he's got Atletico Madrid next you know next week and Fernandez has got that goal and he's in quite good form and played well so if he hadn't got that then I would I would almost certainly be selling him but now I'm 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 a bit worried I think if you've got Fernandez and you've already got Salah you don't sell him that's my answer to your question. I would, I would definitely, definitely, definitely hold him. Leeds are so bad at the moment defensively. I would rather have Leeds in a single game week than the double that Spurs have got. Mm. Personally, yeah, it, it, you know, it's not for me. It's not a big decision because I have to make the move. But it is a very difficult decision if you're in the shoes of whether to sell Bruno or not. Um, the reason I say sell Ronaldo is I'd rather go to Kane if, if that's the move or I downgrade and create mm. funds elsewhere. Um, look, Ronaldo in the second half showed some signs and uh, he is he is Ronaldo, so he can always get a bunch of goals. But uh, you can just tell that the rust is there or maybe it's sort of the start of a, of a decline. Um, but uh, something is not giving me confidence to invest 12 point something million in, in one asset when I can probably get an equivalent in two. So um, I don't think I, I, I'd hold Ronaldo, but Bruno is definitely a difficult one because the Leeds, Leeds fi- if it was any other fixture, I would say sell for a double game weaker, but so would I. yeah, the Leeds fixture can screen points. And again, the point is that a single game week is never a bad thing in a double game week, um, especially, um, a lot of people will debate whether to bench Bowen, for example. So, mm, mm. tough one. Yeah, it is, it is a ritual because the Champions League game afterwards is is a bit of a concern because you know if, if United are two or three goals up against Leeds, you can see them making some changes, taking their foot off the pedal, and, and resting some players. I think this could be the game that Ronaldo misses out on mm. um, altogether, given that he started. You know, both games is double, and then he, and then he's got the game next. I mean, if Cavani's back. Um, they potentially put him up front. I mean, if he's not, they haven't really, I mean, they could put Rashford up front, I guess, which is probably quite well suited to a game like Leeds, you know, given that this is going to be very open, he's going to get space. Mm. I think they've, they've got options. They could either play Ronaldo, um, they could play Cavani or, or Rashford in that game and, get, and give Ronaldo um, a break and say, look, we need you for this, for the Champions League game. We've, you've bailed us out so many times. 
So I'm actually leaning towards, you know, Fernandez being the better United option yeah. um, this week. But, you know, if, if you, if you, don't have Salah, and the only way you can get him is by selling Fernandez. You've you just got to you just got to have Salah this week. That's the, that's the end know. game, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like there's there's no there's no question mark around that at all. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I don't think he gets rested versus Leeds. By the way, I think he's too important right now. Um, so I, I do see him playing at least 70, 80 minutes. Um, this is Ronaldo? Ronaldo, Ronaldo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys, uh, thanks again for joining us. Uh, if you could smash the like button, that would be very much appreciated. Um, very know. good, Andy. Very good. Uh, you are a full YouTube streamer now. I I'm, love it. I'm uh, fully dedicated to this craft, um, but <laughs> I do have uh, a real, real life stuff as well. So um, hopefully, um, hopefully, I'm improving as as I go. And thank you for the support in in the Twitter community. Really, um, it's very, very meaningful. So. Um, Pross, if you're watching, I do miss you. Uh, hopefully, you come back next week. Uh, uh, but anyways, uh, so this is uh, the FPL naif um, na underscore seven, I think. Uh, naif, you, you'll find him on Twitter. But uh, quick shout out to FPL naif, who's also a, a very very good manager. And um, you know, I asked him, hey, um, do you want to make a double game week twenty six free hit team? And this is what. He kind of sent me, um, guys, like before you pick it apart, there's no right answer to free hit team. I'm sure he made this in maybe five or 10 minutes, but I appreciate the effort, Naive. And um, he sent me two. Um, the one on the left is more of a template sort of uh, free hit team. And then the one on the right is more of a adventurous free hit team. And you see Mane in there, as we mentioned um, early on as so. Uh, very interesting free hit teams, but I did I did want to kind of share this in case anybody's thinking of free hitting uh, this game week. Um, and just read them out, Andy, for the um, podcast listeners. Okay, let's go through the the more template one is Ramsdale, Foster, and goal. In the back line, you have uh, Trent, Cancelo, White, Amarty, and Williams. Amarty and Williams are um, you know budget fourteen fifteenth man. Cornet, Bowen, Jota, mm. Son, Salah. Very interesting that he kept Bowen in there, um, even though he's on a free hit. Uh, that just shows because Bowen is top of all players in terms of attacking out, you know, statistics. So it's very scary to to bench him if you have, for example, ten or eleven double game weakers. And then up top you have Kane. Uh, I think it's just Kane alone. So looks like a three, three. It's a, it's a three five two with Dennis five, as well. Two. Oh, Dennis! Interesting. He kept Dennis. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> what were you thinking here? But anyways, on the right, um, I guess he's a Dennis fan. Uh, on the right, you have a more adventurous one, Ramsdale Foster, Trent, Cancelo, White, uh, Amartya Williams. In the midfield, Saka, Bowen, Mane, Son, Salah. I mean, that midfield is prime. You know, it looks really good. And then uh, Vout and Dennis up top. So another three five two, two three five twos. 3 uh, No right answer, but I just wanted to share it just kind of given an idea for people who might be free hitting this game week, or you can compare it to your team to see if it's too far off from an ideal free hit team. We will bring it back as to the point you mentioned that ideally you do not want to be free hitting a double game week and you'd rather use it in a blank. Correct. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Especially like we've said, a, a double game week that you know, there's good single game weeks. You know, I like, I like, you know, West Ham have got Newcastle as there's potential, like you're free hitting out Bowen, for example, or Antonio, you could get punished by that. You know, Villa have got Watford. So there's no Villa players in either of these two free hit sides. I think, you know, Dean, Coutinho, Watkins, these are all still good picks. 
um, for this match. And then what's the most amazing is neither of these two free hit teams have any United players in. So United with arguably the best attacking fixture there is against Leeds. And, you know, I don't disagree because I, I would probably do the same. You, if you're building a free hit team, you're going to get 11 double game players out. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised if, if Fernandez or Ronaldo hit double digits. So there's there's big elements of risk um, to doing it. But I think these, I think that particularly the second team you read out with, with Mane and Son, um, that would be the team that, that I, I would go for or something very, very similar to that. Yeah, two final points on just kind of meta talk here is number one is if I'm free hitting, I'm always going to maximize double game weakers. So I probably have 11 yep. double game weakers personally, uh, because I think you can get away with it. And uh, the second part, the issue with the free hit is that it eliminates the TC from Salah. So that's just uh, not appealing yep. to me at all. And and finally, um, it, it, the, the, mention, the thing you mentioned about um, like these team structures is... Um, Price points is very important, you know, depending on how much, you know, for example, a cane allows you to get to Lukaku uh, eventually. So besides free hit teams and everything, price points are something to be considering, uh, so something to consider moving forward as well, whether you're really going to move off these attacking assets and, and really invest in that midfield uh, moving forward, because I do see the value in the midfield and defense. But yeah. Okay. Um, and then really this nice. is, go ahead. No, just really nice. Good analysis. Awesome. Um, and this is uh, a section we started last game week, um, and it's kind of like the cool tweet of the week or uh, interesting tweet of the week. And um, this is something I found on Twitter again. Um, the Athletic uh, put out who controls territory graph, and I think a lot of people, have, I'm sure, have seen it. So just quickly speaking on it, it, it was just a great visual to see how dominant some teams are. And look at Man City. I mean, they literally dominate the game, you know. <laughs> Insane. Every area of the pitch. Yeah. Every area of the pitch. And Burnley, disaster over there. So, um, yeah. And Brentford as well. Brentford, really poor. Brentford, really Burnley. poor. Burnley. Yeah. Burnley, for anyone who can't see this on the yeah. on the podcast version, uh, they are, these are square um, box of pit, pitch view, basically. And it's blue and red. And the red shows uh, how much, is it the red? Yeah, the red shows where they've had the most touches. So, where they essentially dominate the, the territory. Uh, and Burnley have four squares. Um, which is in their own two in their own penalty area, and then on the uh, the left and the right of the opponent's penalty area, which is which is quite interesting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> City dominate in pretty much every <laughs> every square of the pitch. Um, Brighton's is is pretty tasty. Yeah. Um, as well, uh, Liverpool's too, and then Chelsea, kind of the teams you'd expect. But look, I mean, look at Everton. Yeah. Everton's is so poor. Everton have about six squares. Watford have about six. It's yeah, very interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah, very interesting indeed. Yeah, nice. Awesome. Uh, let's move to bus teams and then do a Q&A at the end, as um, because uh, usually we go like an hour 20 and we've got, I think, 15 minutes. Yeah, so nice. yep. I have your team up here first. Please read it out and then explain what you are planning to do. Yep. So my team is Ramsdale, Trent, Cancelo, Dean, uh, Fernandez, Foden, Jota, Bowen, Ramsey, uh, Ronaldo and King. I've got De Gea, Antonio, Livermento, and Johnson on the bench. I've got two free transfers. I've got two potential ways to get Salah back. Uh, the first way is to sell De Gea and Fernandez. I can just get a, a cheap keeper and, and Salah. Um, or I can sell Ronaldo and Ramsey. And I can play Antonio uh, and basically do Ramsey to, to Salah. So I don't know which one I'm going to do. If I do the first one, it means I can get Lacazette for a hit for Antonio. But you haven't exactly sold me on him today. <laughs> Wait, uh, again, how many free transfers and money in the bank? 
Uh, I've got two free transfers, 0.7 in the bank. Okay, okay. So I've, mm-hmm. basically, if I if I did Ronaldo and and Ramsey out, I'd have to get you know a non-playing striker and then Salah, um, and then I'd play Antonio, who's my first sub, um, or I could just do I could basically just do Fernandez to Salah by by downgrading my second goalkeeper. Hmm. Are you not interested in? Uh, are you not interested in bringing a, two more d- uh, double game weekers in by trading out Fernandez and Ronaldo? No, really, because I because I want to I want to keep I want to keep one of those United players for that Leeds game. Mm. Well, you and, really and in this single fixture, mm. I do. I think I think I just think it's it's an absolutely perfect game for United at the moment. I, I don't think United are that great, but I think this is the game that that they they're going to score a couple in. I mean, who'd you get? I mean, if I take Fernandez and Ronaldo out, like looking at the, you know, if we had someone, I mean, I could potentially do like Salah and well, I couldn't do Salah and Kane because I'd need to. I'd basically need to downgrade Ronaldo a little bit to free up a little bit of extra money to get Fernandez. So who do I get? Like what what striker is gonna out of the ones we've talked about, you know, Veghorst? You know, it's just not <laughs> you know, do I go to Dennis? You know, there's just not enough there, I don't think, to you know, for me to for me to justify it. Um yeah, very interesting. Um hmm. so what are you leaning on? What what is what is plan A for you? I th- I think I'm I'm going to keep Fernandez and I'm going to drop Ronaldo and Ramsey, um, which means playing Antonio, which should be a good fixture for him <laughs> against Newcastle. But I just have so little hope. Okay, so uh, in order for Ramsey to become Salah, is Ronaldo just becomes a non-existent player, mm. right? Okay. Yeah, exactly. Very if few- I do that, uh-huh. if I do that though, I'm probably going to have to wildcard in 28 because I don't really want to be stuck with a strike force of you know, Antonio King and, you know, the Gelhart uh, or something. Whereas if I sold Fernandez, I reckon I could probably get away with not wildcarding. So I could just drop Ronaldo to Kane in a few weeks. Question. Decisions. Uh, if you had to start one of uh, Dean or Cancelo, who would you start? I, I don't, I don't think you can, you can drop Cancelo. Right. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah, I I think it's you know obviously it's a good fixture for Dean. What for just barely scoring any goals, but you're paying if you're paying seven million for cancer, you play them every week. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. You're very uh, pragmatic mm. here and uh, not, to not trying to attack twenty six too much um, from from what it looks like because I I, I think you you believe in the single assets that single game with assets that you have. Right? Yeah, I mean I I like I, you know I've got Bowen at home to Newcastle, got Dean at home to Watford. Um, you know, if if I did if I did move Fernandez, I'd be happy playing Ramsey at home to Watford as well. I think Villa can score a couple in those games. I think five to six doublers in this is fine. I don't think we need to be you know going mad for nine to ten. Um, I think Son's an interesting one. Son, Son's a nice that sort of differential to have. Uh, I I and, and Ronaldo to Kane if you've already got Salah. I think that's that's probably a, a fairly easy move um, that you could do. But I don't know if I'd do it for a hit. I have a confession to make on Son. I decided to speak much less on Son. Um, only when he's doing well, because uh, uh, I, I, re- I read a comment recently that saying someone someone said that I, I'm too sun biased and uh, oh, know, don't listen to him. I know, I know, haters gonna hate, but uh, <laughs> it was hurtful because, like, yeah, of course I'm sun biased. My handle is Sonaldo, you know, um, but I'm, I'm the first to admit when someone's not doing well, and, and my confidence in Sun this game week is is not not the highest to say the least. But anyways, another question uh, before we move to my team is. 
if you had to start one of Bo, or if you had to drop one of Bowen, King, and Dennis, do you play both Watford boys over Bowen? No. You don't drop. You don't drop Bowen. You you do not drop. You do not drop Bowen for King. No way. I know. Not in a million years. I'd play Dennis. I think that Dennis is is a better player than than King is. I would I would definitely not bench Bowen. I'd play him over both of them. That's not what I wanted to hear. That's not what. I wanted to hear. <laughs> um, okay, before we go to questions, let's go to my team. And um, this is first of all without any transfers. So I have two free transfers, zero point zero in the bank. Uh, as you can see, I already have uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven double game weekers. Ronaldo would be downgraded to a possible another double game weaker. Vout um, is what I'm thinking. Um, I could go the Broya route. I could go the uh, Himi route as well. But Himi locks me out from doing my third minus four. And so I'll try to explain what I'm thinking here is I'm thinking Ronaldo to out and then um, Foden to Salah. Unfortunately, that's the only way to get to him, TC Salah. And then I'll take a minus four to do Livermento to Gabby, Gabriel. Or I could do Ronaldo to Jimenez, um, Foden to Salah, and Alonso to uh, Tyranny for a minus, or, or Gab Gabby for a minus four. Um, however, I'm leaning against selling Alonso because uh, I'm not going to wildcard in 28, and he becomes a decent option in, in 28. And uh, the whole point of the wildcard in 28 is to try to jump on these early assets, uh, including Chelsea. But... Uh, the there's vagueness in which Chelsea assets to go for, so might as well just keep Alonso. The reason why I sold Reese last week is just because of funds. But what I'll do here is um, this is the FPL team planner, um, very useful tool. But this is my 26 game week team. Once I do the uh, transfers that I just spoke on, so now that I've done the transfers, I have pretty much three. I have ten double game weekers, and wow, I just. Yeah, with a minus four and a very solid team. <laughs> I got my boy son in there. And King and Dennis, obviously, uh, is going to deliver at least 50 points for me. But I <laughs> am too, too enticed by having more doublers than single game weakers. Am I, am I going crazy here? Uh, as... Look at my bench. No. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> your bench is nuts. I mean, yeah, exactly. To hire Bowen Dean. Alonso, I mean, would you not be tempted to bench boost with that over over the triple captain? When you're not going to get a better bench than that, I know. I know. At any point, I, thought about I certainly thought about it. Yeah. Um, look, psychologically, I've on I've been on four red arrows. So I feel like I, it's like meta talk and strategy and long-term planning has sort of took a backseat for me because I just want to have a monster week and kind of feel better about my team and, and, you know, have more confidence in my selections and kind of have a bounce back week is, is what I'm looking for, which is why I'm so heavily ins insistent on the doublers. Of course, that's not the right answer because Bowen could easily outscore both King and Dennis combined, right? But um, why? You think I should bench boost this? I would bench boost that. Really? I would, yeah. I, I would bench boost that. It, you know, the, the advantage of the bench boost, when you've got a, when you've got a bench as, I mean, that, that isn't like, 
you know, one or two sort of average players. And, you know, that is four players who should all score well this week. Um, you know, I can see sixes for all of them. Mm. So Salah would need to get 24 to match it. Plus you get rid of the bench boost chip, which means when you play your wild card, you haven't got to be, you know, you haven't got that on your mind. Um, trying to set yourself up for it. Mm. The, the bench boost here changes my plans drastically because then I'll try to wild card in 31 or 32. Chat agrees, by the way. Do they? I'm not reading oh, the yeah. chat right now. But Chat agrees. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but yeah, I, if, if I do the bench boost, then I need a good TC option in 36. And also my, my plans drastically change because now then I'll, I'll invest heavily in, into my starting 11 in my wild card and, and forget about mm. my 14, 15 van, which could which could potentially benefit me. But man, Salah TC is scary, 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 not going, uh, not going for him. So um, again, I have another visual as um, because um, this is my team after the transfers I just spoke on. I'll free hit in 27 because as you can see, I have, you know, three and three um, Liverpool and Arsenal. And this is the team I'll get to in 28. And what do you think about this team as because unnecessary for a wild card, right? I'm perfectly happy uh, fielding this team in 28. Uh, and this is without any uh, transfers yet. So Weghorst could become Broya, for example. Mm. Yeah, so this, so this team is uh, Ramsdale, Gabriel, Trent, Cancelo, Dean, Salason, Jota, Saka, Bowen, Weghorst, uh, with De Gea, Alonso, King and Dennis on the bench. Yeah, I mean, you can't you can't wild card that. I don't think yeah. you're, mm. you've already got the Chelsea player in, you've already got Son in. Um, you got Veghors for the, the day, double game that's coming up. You got an you got two Arsenal defenders who got a good run. I think this is you know this is fine, mate. You've you've got this, you got this down. You look strong. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Come on. Very. You look very strong. Yeah. I think your 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 red arrows are going to come to an abrupt end. I think. Oh man, Everything this BB, BB thing is uh, going crazy in my mind now. Um, you implant, <laughs> implanted a seed in the back of my mind, so. I will uh, text you on Friday night or Saturday, right before the deadline, and you tell me what to do. And, and I'm really, I'm really yeah. excited. I mean, you know, four yeah. players should outscore one. Yeah. Let Let's let me ask the chat real quick, guys. Is this BB worthy? Um, please, <laughs> please help me out here. Um, but <laughs> awesome. Uh, I, I really enjoyed today's episode. Um, without pros, of course, our our main guy, but. Um, thank you so much for as for joining us. Um, do you mind spending the next, maybe next five, 10 minutes doing questions? Absolutely not. No, we've had two, two super chats. Do we actually? Okay. okay. So let's go through. We could start with those. Okay. Uh, okay. So this is from, uh, Christafari con. Thank you for the super chat. Uh, I planned Foster Foden, Raf Antonio to Ramsdale, Son, Saka and Broya for a minus eight. Uh, I'm also considering uh, bringing in Tierney for Dawson, who we've talked about. This would then mean free hitting next game week. Is that silly? Uh, so, I mean, on paper, Foster, Foden, Raf, and Antonio to Ramsdale, Son, Saka, and Broya looks pretty good. From minus eight, though, what's your thoughts on big hits for a double? Plan Foster, Foden, Raf, Fina, Antonio to Ramsdale, Son, Selling Foden as well before Everton, uh, before Spurs, bit of a risk. Oh man, the minus eight is tough, tough part. If it was a minus four, I say definitely. Um, but it is four players for four. I guess you mm. you have to make the Broya move to, you know, as a price point thing. Um, I think I'd be tempted. I think I'd be tempted because you're bringing in 
um, three double game weakers. So hopefully that's like a minus two already covered. Um, yeah, I think it's I interesting, it. yeah. it's I interesting I, as well though because mm-hmm. the the play the so he's bringing in Ramsdale, Saka, and then Tierney potentially as well. Mm. Um, so that is what makes the free hit. You know, have to free hit because he's brought in so many. Yeah, yeah. So it's a minus eight and having to use a free hit chip. Oh, I see. I see the the logic here. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. it, it, in in the situation where you don't have to take a hit and not have to free hit in twenty seven, then um, I would advise against it. But if you're committed to taking a free hit in twenty seven, such as myself who already has two Arsenal assets, then I think it, it could make sense. Yeah. Yep. I think do it. Live a little. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the other. One we had was owns Ramsdale White for from Yagu too. Thank you for the question. Owns Ramsdale White for twenty six. Have eight double game weakers. Very nice. Lose Kufal for Wolf Fout, uh, or Arsenal defense for minus four. Lose Bowen for upgrade after twenty six. Thank you for the effort. Bit confused. I don't even know where you're seeing this. I did see it, and now I can't see it. Next half eight. This is, this is the content people want to see. Uh, so what's the question? Owns Ramsdale White for 26 and have yep. has eight double game weakers. Very good position to be in. So, okay. Lose Kufal for a, a Wolves or Arsenal defender for a minus four. Yep. Okay. Yes. I would definitely do, I would definitely yes. do that. Yes. Yep. And lose Bowen for upgrade after 26. No, just keep going. Yeah, no, no way I'd be selling Bowen. But I, th- I think if you've got a defender you don't really want, and I think West Ham are perfect because they they're really struggling like to keep clean sheets. Yeah. Um, I think I think moving over to a Wolves or an Arsenal defender, the, the, the fixtures are so good for them. Um, you know, from twenty eight onwards, that mm. it's it's a perfect move because as long as you can cover the blank in twenty seven, you're fine. Yeah. Darren Chow says, Sonaldo, how many free hits do you have left? Would you advise doing a free hit in 27 if you have only one left? I have two free hits, which is why I'm doing 27. If you have one, I would advise against it and keep it for 30. Um, Nehal, um, thank you for the super chat. Gallagher, Dawson, Antonio to Sun, Kilman, and a 4.5 forward uh, for a minus eight. So essentially, you're bringing in two double game weakers for Gallagher, Dawson, and Antonio. Yes or no? Well, well, yeah, because Gallagher's only got one game, isn't he? Because yep. Chelsea, he got Chelsea. Um, I mean, the thing with a minus eight is, I want, you know, the minus eight here is for Son basically, because Kilman, I'm not expecting huge amounts from. And then a four point five forward, you know, isn't going to get you anything. Yeah. I, 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 oh. No, I wouldn't do it. I'm, Dawson Antonio got Newcastle at home. Yeah. I wouldn't. Not for a minus eight. It's too much. Yeah. A minus four, maybe not for an eight. Okay. Um, a couple more questions. TC Salah, yes. Um, Clouds. <laughs> Easy one. <laughs> start uh, start Broya or Watkins. Uh, who do they play this game week? Uh, Watkins Watford. has got Watford. And who does? Norwich. Not, not... Oh, oh Norwich. it's just Broya all day. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it. Mm. Watkins is cursed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, I was talking to Ted about Watkins on Monday and as what, what I told him was, he has to step up, you know. Um, this is the second year where he's a frustrating player. You know, it, it, the potential is still there, but um, 26 now, and and he really needs to step it up and, and become the focal point of that team, I think. Mm. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he got 14 goals last season. But he's only on five. 
mm. at the moment. So, you know, if it kind of carries on the way it is, he, he's going to struggle to get 10 goals, mm. which will be massively disappointing given they've added like Bundia and Coutinho and, you know, like you say, there's there's more reliance on him. Yeah. Um, DJ AF Tech says, Sonaldo, start Dawson or Regulon? I'll leave that up to you as... Bro's got Everton, by the way, not Norwich. I don't know why I said oh, Norwich. Oh, okay, Everton. Mm. Still, I, I'd say I'd, 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 I'd still play Bro, yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry, what was your, what was your question? Uh, Regulon or Dawson? I hate, I hate questions like this. <laughs> <laughs> this is tough. I mean, is, uh, yeah. I, I mean, Regulon, really, isn't it? I think you've got to just play him and hope that he gets both. Yeah. But... I wouldn't know. I wouldn't have too much faith in. So I don't have any faith in West Ham keeping a clean sheet. I think Newcastle are, are really good at the moment. Yeah. It's not a good time to play in Newcastle. So I'd, I'd go for the potential doubler. Yeah. All right. We'll do maybe two more. Um, do you see any good questions you want to answer? Uh, Anthony Ambrose, triple captain Robertson. Ooh. <laughs> That's a bit much for me. Yeah. Don't go there. I think it like I'm doing the scout squad for for scout, and you know we've got to pick our captains, and number one's Salah, number two is Trent, and number three is Jota. Mm. So, you know, I think if if I had Robertson and not Jota, then obviously he'd, he'd probably be my third pick. But you got to back Trent with the set pieces, I think, over, over Robertson. I like this question. There's two questions about this: Foden or Son um, from Deepak and Frederick asked Foden to Son for a minus four. And so, um, here's my thoughts: uh, Foden is the better option than Son. First minute. Wow. However, that's a sound bite. However, um, because Man City is so good, right? But but um, now that they dominated this this Champions League fixture five zero, I think Pep will focus on the Premier League and bring out his best team and try to wrap up the league as soon as possible, right? Um, but with that being said, Foden has started a bunch of games in a row, rotation risk, single game week. So I'd be a little worried. Whereas Son, you know, is nailed ninety ninety and has a double game week. Um, so. I, w- I think I would make the move for a minus four. Mm. You would do it. I would do it. Yeah. I think I would as well. I think particularly if I was uh, not free hitting in 27 as well, because that's when um, Son's got Leeds. And okay, City have got Everton, but Son against Leeds, that's a that's a very good looking fixture for him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I would, I would pretend if I had the money to do it, I'd, I'd try and consider it as well. Yeah. These questions are fun. Last question to end the stream, guys. Thank you so much again for joining us from Stephen, who is uh, a loyal listener and, and has supported us from the start. So Stephen, shout out to you. What is your closest guess as to what Salah scores this week? And <laughs> we will come back to this next week when Pross is back and, and deliver you the goods. So you versus me here, Has. Okay, I think he gets three goals over the two fixtures and five bonus. So what that was 15, uh, 20, 24, 24. Is that right? Is that maths right? 15. Why so 20, complicated? Yeah. Don't, don't, you don't need to be this complicated as. Well, I'm just trying to think of what, how, how many how many do I think he gets? I think he could easily get three goals over the two matches. So that's 15 points. Uh-huh. And then he gets the five bonus, I said. So that's 20. And then the two two appearance points so that's 24 and then he probably gets a couple of clean sheets as well 25 I'll, I'll, I'll say 25 you say 25 yeah, yeah 25 okay I say 20 
just keep it keep it clean. Twenty points. Um, okay. But okay, yeah. Thank you guys. I, I, the, the the final few questions coming in. I we refer to it uh, throughout the stream, so please do play it back if you if you have time, and um, I think it'll help answer the questions. So. Uh, thank you so much for joining me, As. Thank you guys for listening in. Uh, Pros will be back next week, Wednesday, and we have another guest next week in uh, FPL mode, Andy, um, our good friend. Oh, wow. And next week's going to be interesting because both Andy and I are on free hit. So um, for any free hit viewers and non-free hit viewers, you can kind of come check it out and see uh, what we're planning for Game Week 27. Um, Very nice. And please stop sending the super chats, but one more TC or BB. Oh, man, this is too complicated. <laughs> um, Sa, De Gea, Cody, Trent, Cancelo, Royale, Tyranny, Salah, Jota, Bowen, Son, Ramsey, King, Wegors, Edward. Yes. You've got a bench. You've got a bench boost. Yes. Yeah. You've got a bench boost. It's similar to yours. Yeah. Because it's going gonna, it's gonna to be like. I mean, it's going to be what, like Cancelo, Bowen, Edouard on the. Yeah, you've got it. You've got a bench boost. That I think even even one of those players are going to be. Yeah, we got Saar and De Gea. Yeah, it's, that's got to be a bench boost. It's got to be a bench boost. It's so easy for a non uh, for guy who's <laughs> captain, triple captain Salah to say, "Hey, you got a bench boost." Um, so, yeah. If I'm, I if I had a bench that didn't have Livramento, Johnson, and Whoever else I've got on there, I'd, I'd be strongly considering it. But it just, it just depends on what way your your team's set up. When you when you've got a when you've got a squad like that, you, I just don't see you're not going to have a better opportunity than this to use it. Okay, I hope that helps you, Ahmed. Um, I guess you and I are both bench boosting this week, according to us. But <laughs> uh, okay, thank you guys, uh, and uh, we'll be back next week.